Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, we're keeping things in the uh, the vein of doing LP politics today. We're swinging back over to my former state, the state of Pennsylvania. We're talking to Rob Coburn. He is running for LP of PA chair. Rob, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Brian. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining the program. And yes, we had uh, Christine Womack on the program there last week. And obviously this week we're having you on the show because coming up here this weekend, we have both the Pennsylvania and Indiana uh, Libertarian Party conventions. I'll be over in Indiana and I would have been up in Pennsylvania had I not just moved uh, about a month and a half or so ago. But uh, no, you're up there. You're fighting the good fight, Rob. And we, we appreciate your, your running for that. And I say to everybody who's out there actually putting their hard work, their blood, their sweat, their tears, and their time, energy, and effort that really does take to go into these parties. Uh, thank you for actually putting forth your 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 time, energy, and effort into making the LP, uh, hopefully, a vision for success. And that's where we wanted to focus on today. Uh, you are running for the LP of PA chair, and LP of PA has actually done pretty darn good over the past few years. And uh, I know one thing Christine was talking about was focusing on growing on that uh, success. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are and where you want to see the LP of PA grow as well. But before we get there, how about this, Rob? Let's introduce you to the Brian Nichols Show audience and maybe discuss why it is you want to run for Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania chair. Very good. Well, like I'm Rob Coburn. I'm an attorney in Pittsburgh, um, also uh, getting my master's in economics. Um, but here in Pennsylvania, you're right, we've had tons of good success. Um, I think we had 176 uh, libertarians elected this last election season. And uh, I think the next best state was 16 or something like that. So we're, we're you know, all kind of all eyes are on us right now. Um, we've got a lot of good people. Everybody's working together real great. Um, it's just time to uh, take the next step uh, in this growing process and uh, you know, see where we can take it uh, next year. Um, you know, what, what I think that I bring to the chair is uh, it, uh, an experience in, in the law. I've, I've learned a lot about the rules of procedure. And I think that that is what we're uh, not quite um, understanding yet in, in Pennsylvania. We have notoriously long meetings here. Uh, our last meeting was eight hours. Our meeting before that was seven hours. So I think everybody's in a mood to get these these things down and get things a bit more efficient so we can get back to work and, and not be 
uh, keeping people for an entire day's worth of work, um, you know, at these board meetings. So what I think that I can bring is my understanding of the rules of procedure from law and apply those over to what we're doing here in Pennsylvania. You know, I think the chair is a very misunderstood role. Um, really, if you're doing it right, none of the intention should really be on the chair. It should be in our committees with the people who do the work there. It should be on our local affiliates and our candidates and our issue coalitions, but not really with our chair. So it's more of a hall monitor role. So um, uh, what I think I can bring is a is a uh, n- nameless, faceless, structured organization to to the LPPA here. <laughs> <laughs> a nameless, faceless structure, and and that honestly, for I think a lot of the audience, is incredibly refreshing because. Too often than not, we see this where people will kind of go for running for office because they want that, you know, that sexy blue check mark on Twitter. And uh, there, there seems to be a fixation, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick on some libertarians from yesteryear, but there's a fixation on, well, I was the LP of name state secretary, and that means something. It, it really doesn't. And to your point, right? That's kind of a good thing. We shouldn't be focusing so much on the 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 social club mentality and actually be focusing on the party for what it is. And that's it's it's a tool to help elect in this case libertarian candidates to office. So Let's start there because let's talk about the fact that the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania has had some great success in actually electing Libertarian candidates, which I dare say is the goal. So let's focus on those successes. Rob, where is the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania in this case gone right? Sure. Well, we are very fortunate here in Pennsylvania to have uh, Dr. Chuck Moulton uh, as part of our, our state party. Uh, people may know uh, Dr. Moulton from his work at, at the National, uh, com- uh, at the LNC, but we have him here in Pennsylvania and he is uh, an unbelievable asset. And uh, he came up with a strategy that we've uh, coined the name, the, the Moulton Maneuver here in Pennsylvania. And uh, what this does is it looks for uncontested races um, people, uh, races where uh, in the local districts, lo- local elections where no one is on the ballot for these positions. And uh, since we have ballot access here in, in PA, um, uh, we, we got minor party status and bad- ballot access. We're able to put someone uh, on the ballot in these uh, positions where no one, no re- Republican or Democrat or independent is running for. And what we've found is that if there's just a name in that box, what ends up happening is uh, the voters that will just check whoever's there. Um, so through this, uh, through this approach, we've been able to get, uh, you know, let, let this last year, 176, uh, um, libertarians elected here in Pennsylvania <laughs> Wow! now. So it, it's a, it's a unbelievable, uh, um, strategy and it's, it's paying off. Um, now these are some of the lower positions. There's a reason that they're, they're not, you know, no one's running on the ballot. We have a lot of auditors, a lot of constables, um, some uh, inspectors and, and judge of elections. But, but um, the, the fact that these aren't the most high profile positions isn't really the point to this here. You know, uh, when, when you hear that Pennsylvania has 176 elected libertarians and the next best was like, like I said, 16 or something like that, you know, like, well, what is Pennsylvania doing? But then it gives us the opportunity to put that out in our newsletters. We get some local news coverage. And then, you know, we're starting to get this attitude of viability here in Pennsylvania that the libertarians might be a real choice. But the other thing that this thing that this does, and I think this is where we where Christine and I agree and where everybody hopes this goes, is that now we have 176 people who have credentials on their resume of being elected here in Pennsylvania. 
Now, next time we have an election, we can get them into a, maybe a higher position. They can say, I've been elected here in Pennsylvania before. I've served, I've served the community. You guys know me. I'm, uh, you know, I was on the ballot last time. Let's get you in a contested race. Let's get you for councilman. Let's get you for mayor. Let's get you for sheriff. And then, you know, we, we can build upon this, this success we've had, uh, at these lower positions, building this, this idea of viability in, in the people's minds here in Pennsylvania, because they know we got libertarians on, on, you know, serving in office. And now we can take that next step into into some of these contested elections. You know, um, we did have, I think, 15 contested election victories here in Pennsylvania, some higher positions. So we're already having some success here. Now we got to turn this up with this, this molten maneuver strategy and turn that into some, some real contested elections uh, where we're getting the media coverage and then maybe even winning again to set some public policy. Yeah, well, we saw the Molten Maneuver get some love over on Christine's show as well. Um, so yeah. definitely it's it's a successful approach to winning those uncontested elections, but I love that right there. You know, let's let's stand up and fight as well. And and we do see right now there is a big fervor, it not just in a, a local politics, but in the national discourse of Things got to change. Things have not been going well. And now people are looking for alternatives, right? And that is when we have an opportunity to really stand up as a, not just a different solution, but then to show people that our solutions, they're not just different, they're better. So I, I, I start that off by leading to the next question because it inevitably leads to, well, I, I have some opinions, I have some thoughts, and the audience has definitely heard it in terms of where we as a party have gone wrong over the past few years. And I think that we could have reached a lot more people effectively had we gone out and approached a target market that was actually open to our message. But I want to hear your approach, Rob. Where, where do you think the, the Libertarian Party went wrong over the past few years? And let's maybe do a more laser focus towards uh, PA, if you could, in in some areas as well, and and let's maybe look at some positivity. Where would you be able to help guide towards a a more positive direction in the future? Excellent. That's a that's a great question. That sure is the question that's on everybody's mind. Sure is. <laughs> I think I think uh, ever since the 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 lockdowns and then that leading into the last uh, campaign for Joe Jorgensen, um, there was a an overwhelming, um, uh, you know. Uh, much left to be wanted in the messaging coming from the party, both at the national level and I think across the state levels as well. Now, this is this is something that I think that has become um, in, uh, a part of the 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 methodology and the strategy that the Libertarian Party has has taken for the last you know ten, twelve or so years. In that, um, you know, wh- what what the approach has been is that we meet people where they're at in you know in their areas, what their what their personal interests are from the either you know if you're from one of the bigger parties or if you're an independent, we find out what your what your interest is, and then we you know we meet you there and let you know how the Libertarian Party is actually probably a little better and stronger on that issue. Then that's great. That's that's step one of what this this whole thing is about. But what what the party failed to do was inform these people of the rest of the message that there's a whole, you know, second side of this. If you're pulling people in from the left, we forgot to tell them about the economic freedom part. If you're pulling them in from the right, we forgot to tell them about the social freedom part. And what this ended up happening was causing a, a, a crisis of identity within the party so that when these two, uh, you know, uh, groups come together in the middle and meet, they're saying, wait a second, what, what you're saying isn't what I was told this libertarian party is this, you know, you're not a little real libertarian. They told me that this is what this is now. Now we have some faction growing. Now we have, uh, ideological, um, you know, um, uh, 
um, differences, and that's that kind of increased the 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 identity crisis that kind of seemed to form here. Well, while this approach w- was uh, very well thought out, and 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 you can see how it may may have some some merit in practice, what it ended up happening was was really dividing the party and making this this identity crisis. So. What, what I think that we need to do here in Pennsylvania, but but across, you know, LNC and, and everywhere is be unapologetic and unafraid to to disclose what this is that we are. You know, we have this most beautiful political philosophy in, in all of human history and we stick half of it in our back pocket because we're too afraid that someone might get a little offended if we tell them something that isn't their issue. Um, and and. This this fear of, uh, you know, even turning one person away has caused us to to not make any not to take any stance, not to take any position, not to do any messaging because we don't want to offend not even one person. You know, I, I don't think, and I think there's a lot of people who agree that this is the way that you change people's hearts and minds and turn them to something different. You know, I think people want something radically and drastically different. If we're just offering you, uh, you know, a Republican light or Democrat light under some different banner, it's not really going to encourage you or motivate you to to take action, to really seek uh the change that that is going to and and the and the amount of energy it's going to take to bring this party up to to a to a viable you know uh, competitor in in this political world, so I think that that's where a lot of this came from, um, and and what we can do is just be forthcoming with people about what we are. That there's a you know I think there's a couple of things that we can say that this is what libertarianism is. There's a lot of things where we disagree on, but there's there's some things that are for sure, and and if we just stand on those and and be unafraid to let people know what we are and we and we create some actual identity that people can say hey that's what this is that this is what i'm getting involved with that i think that we can stop a lot of this animosity that, that of uh this identity crisis and really uh get some good good um good messaging out and, and and get people turned on to this thing and let's go towards the messaging side of things because that's where we focus a lot here in the show. Obviously, we take things through a sales and marketing approach and and with that includes messaging because messaging does in fact matter. And not only does it matter, it's pretty darn important. So let's focus on that because I know that was brought up uh, quite a few times there in your response. Where would you particularly focus on addressing some messaging and what would that look like in terms of not just being different, but in terms of reaching a new or different target market? Right. So I believe that that uh, at, equal with getting candidates elected into office, the Libertarian Party has should have a role in in activist and educational activity. You know, uh, as far as education goes, I think we as a party, because we don't have big national or statewide candidates, you know, on the news every night proclaiming our message, that we as a party have to take it upon themselves to figure out avenues to reach people and to communicate the, 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 our message of what what this what this is all about. So ways we can go that that ways we can go about doing that are obviously that you know social media has become a, a, one of the biggest tools out there. Uh, we, there. There's a question of of how how long they would tolerate us on the different platforms and things like that. But but I think that you know um, strong uh, uh, sure uh, positions from the the official party uh, you know uh, identities on these social media sites could have a lot of good. Um, you know, if, if we have some good constructive criticism and some good, um, you know, um, concrete positions that are not, you know, kind of just pandering to one side or the other, I think that that is somewhere where we could really have a good start. Now, th- now this does not mean 
And this is something that people uh, really uh, get get um, held up on about this whole messaging thing. This doesn't mean that we want abrasive messaging. This doesn't mean that we want to be offending people just for the purpose of it. But we want to offer something radically different and let people know that, hey, we are not the same thing as what you've heard before. We are not this this major party or that major party. We have something very different. And this is why you should look at us. So, so um, you know, unapologetic, uncompromising, libertarian, philosophical messaging is what we need to have. Uh, and I think, you know, that should take place. Each each different state and each different local affiliate should should take that upon themselves about how they want to do that. You know, we we, we believe in the free market here. We should let the market of ideas thrive and see what works. And, and maybe things work in one place and one things to work in another. But we need to open up the ability for these 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 messaging campaigns within the party structure to begin to take place so that people can, you know, in their areas say, hey, this is what, what this is what the Libertarian Party in my in my area is standing for. And this is what they're doing. And maybe maybe I can go check this out and get involved with that. Now, the the that's as far as the educational aspect goes. Now, the, uh, as far as activist uh, role that I think the party should be taking, this that, uh, this is something that I think we've been heavily lacking on. And this is something that I, I stress heavily here in Pennsylvania is forming issue coalitions, particularly with groups uh, who may uh, not, who may be even considered to be, uh, you know, uh, at odds with in the past, but uh, forming issue coalitions with groups in your local areas on areas of common ground where we can work together to maybe, you know, introduce some real uh, policy or, 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 or um, you know, uh, charitable um, actions going on. Now, here in Pennsylvania, we have a couple of real good ones. Uh, we've got Defend the Guard. If you don't know about Defend the Guard, this is one of the greatest things, uh, one of the greatest issues, uh, uh, initiatives that we've got going on. This, this, uh, act, this group... Um, helps you introduce state legislation that prevents you from de deploying your um, your national guard, your state national guard, unless there's a declaration of war by Congress. Now we haven't declared war since uh, um, World War II, and and the national guard is the most deployed branch of any other of any uh, military branch. So you can see here how we can have a real impact in in this anti-war thing if we can get some state legislation that prohibits us from from deploying our our troops without a declaration of war. Now there's a whole some other ones we got going here in Pennsylvania like uh don't tread on Philly they have uh, ma uh vaccine mandates and and um to go out to just participate in regular society there and we have uh, really made some good changes there getting a lot of local news coverage and and these type of issue coalitions can let people know what our messaging is and hopefully you know affect some real change Interesting stuff there, Rob. And now I have to do a little bit of like a, a challenging here because I, I do hear one possible, uh, I don't say an issue, just one hurdle you might have to overcome. And I want to hear what your thoughts are here. So when you have issue coalitions, what if they're not on board with the entire philosophy? What if they're like, hey, I'm on board with like 70 to 80% of what you agree on or, or rather what the principles are. However, there's 20% I just can't get on board with, but they agree with us on some of the most important issues. I guess, how do we know we're speaking to not just the right person, but enough of those right people? And I'll give you the context of this question. I think we've spent a lot of time in the past focusing more on the, the principles versus bringing the principles to the people based on not just the issues they care about, but helping actually solve the problems for like showing them how it will help solve those problems, making it real. We call this in sales, solving the reality gap. And I, I guess, is there maybe that challenge or that hurdle you, you have to overcome in doing that? 
do, do you hear my my kind of I want to say yeah. concern if that makes no, sense? No, yeah, that's, that's a great point. But and and to to uh, my answer is actually that it's quite the opposite. Actually, it, the it, it presents an opportunity for even more um, uh, uh, progress and and messaging to get out. Uh, there's a there's a, a common thing that we practice here in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm I'm a member of the of the the Pennsylvania Mises Caucus. I'm a state organizer, and we we act on one of the, our planks of of performance is that we use these issue coalitions to do uh, to introduce local legislation at the local level to have real impacts uh you know um where where you're at we don't think that you're gonna you know legislate freedom down on high but if we can get in all of our communities and start reaching these people and and show them that we can have real change here at the local level you know i think that's that's really uh something good and what we've been able to do here is with with just a couple of people uh, you know, libertarians, and, and maybe if you're working with another interest group who has an area, one area of common ground, where you can work on this one thing together cooperatively, with a couple of different people. If you just attend a couple of town hall meetings and 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 introduce some some uh, legislation and get to know the right people, um, you can really have a big impact. Um, here in Pennsylvania, it is a town outside of uh, Philadelphia called Norristown, and one of our guys, he was able to. Uh, just on his own, he attended a town hall meeting, and, and at this meeting, he met uh, uh, the the chief of police of his of his town, Norristown, and he and he started talking to him and said, "Hey, what do you think about decriminalization of marijuana?" Because it was still uh, not decriminalized there at the time. Chief of police said, "You know what? I think this is a great idea. We're wasting a bunch of time and resources. You bring something back to me next meeting, and we'll we'll introduce it together." So he went home, found some sample legislation, basically did a cut and paste for. Put in Norristown in, in where the the uh, that town's name had been. Brought it to the next meeting, and he introduced it with the chief of police, and it ended up passing unanimously. So if if we take this mentality and, and bring it to bring it to the the issues of, that are are hot where you're at, then you know uh, through these issue coalitions and working with other interest groups, even if they don't with us completely. Now, now, what does this do? We're introducing policy. We're getting maybe real change at the local level, and we're building goodwill with these other groups who maybe don't agree with us completely. But now, at the very least, they're maybe willing to listen to us. You know, we built up some goodwill, and they, we can have trust a little bit. At least we can work on this one issue, and then then maybe they'll hear about the rest of it, what we have going on. But even if not, we should be working with anybody who it doesn't matter what you are, who, who what what you call yourself, what groups you're associated with, or what your positions are. If we're aligned on an area of common ground it does both of us in a disservice to not work together and and try and get these things accomplished what does it matter if we don't agree on this one down the road let's work on this one together and get this accomplished so i think that uh, that i think that should i hope that covers your your question no it absolutely does and i guess let's go towards with the last five minutes or so i've i've asked this question i think of both LP, or I'm sorry, both uh, chair candidates being Tony DeRazio and Angela McArdle. Uh, I asked Christine, and I'm going to ask you. Actually, I asked two uh, U.S. Senate candidates out here who are uh, both vying for the seat here in Indiana, James Seniak and William Henry as well. So this question, it's it's gotten it's gotten its work, uh, use here in the libertarian world. So who do you think is our target market? And I asked that question because we, we've kind of just been firing everywhere, right? We, we'll, we'll go towards Second Amendment every now and then, you know, pro 2A. Uh, you'll go towards, like you mentioned, the defend the guard. Um, we'll talk about, you know, the name, the foreign policy issue. And we're just kind of are floating in the wind. There doesn't seem to really be a set group of people that we're looking at and saying, we're going to focus on this block of people. Um, and not just we're going to focus on this block of people, but specifically because they're in the market that we should be reaching out to because they're already 
open to buying what it is that we are selling in this case, which is Liberty. So uh, who, who do you think that the top, let's give three uh, target market groups that we should be focusing on as a greater libertarian party. And if you want, you can uh, make it more hyper-specific for PA. Uh, you can go that route if you want as well. Sure. Well, uh, the, you, you, you may not like this answer at first, but let me explain what I mean. Uh, everyone, every single person is our target market. And let, let me explain how we can actually go about it, but, uh, delineating and, 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 uh, identifying in our, in our specific markets, who this is. Um, uh, are you familiar with, uh, Scott Horton, um, from the, the, the libertarian, uh, Institute. Yep. Um, so if you know, Scott Horton, he has, he has this, uh, this approach. It says, you know, you attack the left from the left and you attack the right from the right. Now, if you combine this attitude with, with, uh, the idea of local, uh, nullification and local, uh, you know, uh, decentralizing, getting in, in at the local level, using our county affiliates to reach out to the people in our community. What we can do here is identify what the, the interest or the, the major, you know, group is in your area. If you're in a blue area, now let's go after some blue issues. You know, th this was like the example that I was giving, you know, um, um, that, that decriminalization in Norristown, it was a, it was a heavily democratic, uh, city council. And on the on their platform for their party was decriminalization of marijuana and, and drugs, but they had done nothing to to achieve that. So what we did was, when 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 this person introduced the the sample legislation, they brought with them a, a copy of the Democratic Party platform where where decriminalization was right on it, and kind of had to stick them to their guns. So if we go into our local communities and we figure out what the the trend is in that area we can be pulling people from the right the left the center anything find out what the the hot button is because we're i mean if i can't think of an issue that we're not better on than than any, either the major parties or 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 anyone else so figure out what it is in your area that is that is that's supposed to be getting done by those who are are you know in the positions to do something about it and stick them to it you know, uh, this is how we attack the left from the left. We can be better than them on the left. We can attack the right from the right. We can be better than them on the right. So find out what your, uh, what who who who's who's sitting in the in the seats of power there, and then stick them to the things that they said that they were supposed to be about because we're better on it. Rob Coburn, he's running for Libertarian Party Chair of Pennsylvania. And uh, folks, if you want to learn more, well, Rob, how about this? As we're wrapping things up, let's give people a call to action. Where can they find you? And also some parting thoughts of wisdom to leave the audience with as they're going towards the convention, which is just a few short days away. Yeah. Well, you can find me on uh, Facebook at uh, Rob Coburn for LPPA Chair. Um, you can find me. I, I have a number of bands that I'm a part of. You can, uh, my, my band pseudonym is Rob Grizzly. You can find me through there. G R I S L Y. Um, and then, uh, uh, parting wisdom. Uh, let's all have a little bit of patience and love for each other. Remember that we're all in this to fight for the, the, the Liberty movement and, and let's get back to work and, and, and get to it. Let's get to it. Amen. Can't agree more. And yeah, this is a one thing that I think you and Christine would absolutely agree on. And that is we need to have some type of uh, unity, some not tongue in cheek unity, some actual unity, because right now uh, things are kind of getting real as we're looking out there across the horizon in all aspects. So we need to be focusing on the things that really matter. And I think that right now is focusing on electing some true liberty lovers, specifically with that big L next to their name. So folks, if you want to get involved with their, it's in the state of Indiana or Pennsylvania, whatever it may be, 
please do me a favor, uh, go to the show notes, click the artwork, it'll bring you right to today's episode, where you can find not just uh, all the other 450 plus episodes, including Christine's episode, and uh, our Libertarian Party chair episodes, our, st- our candidate episodes for the conventions here the uh, the next few days, um, but also you can find all of Rob's information, his uh, social media, and uh, all the links he mentioned here. Oh, and by the way, we'll have the transcript of it, uh, today's entire conversation right there for you as well. So with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on a special Tuesday episode of The Brian Nichols Show. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off for Rob Coburn. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now.